Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 15th episode of The Valorant Show. I'm your host, Taylor Reflections Noble, joined by Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud. And it's good to be back to talk everything Valorant. I love being here, Troy. I really do. It's one of the highlights of my week. Oh, makes me feel nice that your highlight of your week is seeing me. Thank you. And you know. It's definitely being with the, the listeners. Uh, oh, but you know what? You, you are you a meant. nice little cherry on top, okay? Oh, I, I okay. can't lie. Okay. I can't lie. Well, speaking of cherries on top, I have definitely been eating my fair share of cherries stuck at home during this COVID event. I don't know about you, but cherries are not good in gonna, the summer. Not going to lie, that is the most random thing I think hey, you could have ever opened with. You said cherries. cherries out of all things, huh? Mar- you said I was cherries, a cherry. I've been eating a lot of cherries. Maybe there's some type of... You got a cherry tree out back or what? No, I should grow a cherry tree. That's a good you idea. Should, I, don't, I don't know how long it takes. Okay, no, enough, about, tree, enough about... My trees and my fruit and the things I've been eating in the summer. Uh, let's talk a little Valorant. No, man, it's uh, been a been a good week. Um, been grinding my Valorant. You know, I'm, I'm filling up my wins in my little triangle that I don't oh, think yeah. is going to be there next season, anyways. But hey, we'll see. It'll probably be something else. How many I'm more continuing. do you have? Oh man, I don't know. Too many. Too, too many. many. <laughs> There's just too many to fill in. Well, we got one last uh, I think night. I, I think I only have like eight games. So far, oh, okay. Well, we got one last season. night, man. We, we had a good game last you night. You know, the thing is, is like, here's here's the thing. Competitive to me right now is like rolling the dice because I play so many solos, right? That me, is true. me and you both do because we play at different times. A lot of yes. uh, and just our schedules are crazy when we finally get to play. So sometimes we're playing by ourselves, and so I haven't played a lot of games this season because every time I roll the dice, I'm getting kind of lucky where I'm getting at least decent teams, and I'm like, I don't want to press my luck, and so yeah. That's why I, I, know I, what haven't, you're saying, man. I haven't played many. Solos yeah. is tough. Solos it is, is tough, tough right now. You know, it, it really is hit or miss. It really is hit or miss. But what's not hit or miss, of course, is our community feedback. Let's move into Ask the Agents. Ah, so much learned this day. A victory on many fronts. So, I, you know, I like this, Troy. We're, we're getting the same people that are coming back, and that, that really fills my heart with joy. It truly, truly They feel does. like they're part of the community, and they are the community, right? Like, these guys they are. make it they up, are. and uh, they, are, they essentially are the podcast. It, no, 100%. No, the, you know, you guys out there, you agents who do listen consistently, we see you, we appreciate you, and we take notice. Absolutely. And uh, one of those people is Plaw1700. He comes back at it again. And Zach actually starts it off with Plaw back again. Hey, guys, this is one of my favorite episodes so far. He was talking about the last one, episode 14. I've been grinding Valorant, and me and my five-stack are ready to start steady grinding comp. Okay, got a little five-stack going on, Plaw. I like it. One thing I've seen myself improve at is crosshair placement. Something, actually, Troy, that was your uh, your uh, you know, your know, takeaway last true. week. That's it was true. a crosshair placement. Hey, it's incredibly important. He goes on to say, I had a crazy game on Ascent with the op where I went 14-2. and two. Very nice in the first half on defense. Man, if you're on defense, you're a solid op player. You're going to pull off a ton of eliminations. And clearly 14-2 and two was that a, it was a beautiful stat line. There was one op shot in particular where I was uh, uh, having holding the cubby on a main and uh, Reyna straped right into my crosshair. And my teammate pointed out that she walked right into it. And I responded with, that's what we call crosshair that's placement. That's right, bro. That's right. That's right. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. We, so you we, know what? we like to talk uh, about crosshair placement, baby. Let's go. We say that all the time in our group, too. Whenever we're playing, that's it what we call true, crosshair bro. placements. Hey, it's a real thing. He says, keep up the great work. One idea I had was maybe you could have a listener on maybe once a month for an interview. Love the show. Keep at it. A listener, huh? Come you know, bring like there's a couple different things we could do with the podcast. You could do like, like uh, you guys could, we could have them send us voice, voice questions, like questions wow, via voice, right? And play we those. Could. That's always a fun thing to do. We have some ideas. We've been actually kicking this around a little bit. You know, we have some other things we want to get you guys involved with. So I would expect definitely some changes coming. Maybe a new act from the podcast, right? Like we launched into act three. Wow. Maybe we start doing something crazy. Anyway, ideas just coming out of my head. This is what happens whenever we start talking Valorant. But I will say, I know crosshair placement is important. And this is like one of the, the main things I've been working on 
this this past week is my crosshair placement, making sure when I'm coming around the corners. And Taylor, it's been paying off for me, man, a little bit. I, I've seen days when I really pay attention to that. It actually pays off. Oh, 100%. I was watching a couple of YouTube videos actually about op placements. Uh, it was specifically about Wardell, who obviously is an incredible opper. And, uh, you know, when you op, as, as obviously Plaw, I think, has, has got the hang of, especially after that 14-2 on ascent, um, you know, you don't aim where you would normally aim with a, uh, you know, with a Vandal or with a Phantom, right? You kind of want to aim towards the head. With an op, though, you want to aim more towards center mass where you have the biggest hitbox. Obviously, it's a one hit and one kill unless you uh, get a wall bang. Then sometimes, you know, you just take them down to 20, 30 health. But, uh, you know... I, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and I kind of learned, you know, all right, you know, center mass, then also move over uh, a little bit. Instead of, you know, hugging the wall, you want to kind of go where they're going to be once they clear that corner. So crosshair placement, hugely important. Absolutely. Well, we have another coming here from Deliver HS. And he says, best Valorant podcast, D2 player here. And this is by far the best Valorant podcast available. I do have one question, though. I thought for sure that there were three acts per episode with two episodes per year. So we should expect uh, about six agents and two maps a year. Please let me know if, this, if I'm correct. And guess what? Ding, 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 ding. You are correct. You're right. So it is. So uh, just to reiterate for everybody, because we just came into act two of the first episode, right? And so uh, here we are, you know, and I kind of said this to you before the show, Taylor, but this is kind of why they ended up doing it and probably launching the way they did is because they had this rollout plan. And this is like the first six months that they get to kind of play with, right? To like in their mind and typically like I, obviously in the, in the line of work I work in where I release software like the other, our partners, um, this is kind of that idea of like the alpha stage, right? The, the beta stage where like let's work out the kinks and then we get a good year. We also say, you know, they have the Ignition series that's going on right now. That was kind of a different take on what Riot's done in the past with other tournaments. And they've done th and say they've done this to at least provide a solution to the competitive environment. I think it's really cool. But I do think we're going to see some different stuff as we go into 2021 from like the pro scene. Uh, and also probably a more really structured layout and future plans of what we can expect next year and the yep. dates and things like that. I expect them to roll it out. Unlike Fortnite, where sometimes it's a guessing game for weeks or months of what's going on, I really do think because Valorant is taking itself so seriously as a competitive game, we're going to get that, that firm outline of like what we can expect throughout the year and those dates way more in advance than we have in, in most other games. Yeah, 100%. I, you know, as they've stated several times, and we've stated on this podcast, they're really focused on competitive integrity. So, you know, doing something like Fortnite, which isn't necessarily, you know, wrong to do, but you know, where they have, you know, total random seasons, whenever, you know, you could have a 90 day season, you can have a 60 day season, 120 day season, as, as we've seen from the trans transition from uh, chapter two, season one, to chapter two, season two, and then, you know, of course, season three. Um, obviously you're going to see more, uh, I would say like clockwork, if you will, for the acts and, uh, for yep. the episodes, but, uh, deliver. Thanks for that question, because I, I think I messed it up actually last podcast. I don't know why I was thinking there was, um, two acts per episode. So that's my bad, uh, three acts per episode. So, Hey, come that's cool. on that's, Taylor. Come I, I, you on. Know, and, and, and you know, man. I feel really bad about that, Troy, because we explained that in, uh, in the episode, whenever, uh, really? super cakes ended up announcing that. And, Bro, and don't you listen that. to the Valorant show? Come on now. Stop it. You would have learned it. Wild man. Hey. Uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't. He says again, love the podcast and keep up go. that grind, man. Heck hey, yeah. we appreciate it. But hey, we got one more Taylor from iHeart Valorant. What, what does he have to Valorant. say? Huh, what does he got to say? All right, Axe. Every act, are they going to be adding a new agent? And also, how many acts are in a season? Hey. It seems like he wasn't even listening to what we just said. No. Wow. <laughs> Noah. Go back and listen to the show, everybody. I hey, heard Valorant Noah is, is Noah. Noah. I mean, he's, oh, okay. he's a guy we play with, kind of somebody we know, my nephew maybe. But I, he I had no said, idea, by the way. I know. I just told you. He said last week to me, he's like, hey, did you, re did you read the I Heart Valorant? Uh, asked the agent. I said, we read them all, man. Why? Do you know, you know, what was that? He's like, oh, that was me. I was like, oh, come <laughs> on, man. You can't send me a comment and then not listen to the show. Jeez, Louise. These people out here. I know it. Here. I know it. Like, how does that uh, even make sense? You, you comment and then don't, don't even listen to your comment being read. Well, I, I heart Valorant, a.k.a. Noah, we hope you at least listen this time. 
Thank you so much for your comment. Uh, second one coming in back-to-back -back weeks. But of course, this is not the only section we have. Let's get into our news. Let's go ahead and run it back. Yeah, let's bring it back. Dude, that's exactly how I sound, by the way, a lot of times when we're losing, you know? I'm like, yeah, let's bring this back around, guys. Come on, we got this. You know, we got I, this. I will say this. You are incredibly positive, man. We, we have I, I some of our friends and teammates that like just, just, I mean, when things go bad, they either don't talk anymore or they just get wild with it. And I'm like, you know, hey, you Taylor, if out. you would have probably known me like four years ago when I was, especially in my Gears days, bro, like 10, 10 years ago, Were my Gears 2 gears days. Part? Yeah, in my Gears 2 days, dude, you would have not said that. Like, you'd have been like, Bro. you're the most toxic person I play with. <laughs> uh, and even in Fortnite, dude, like early days yeah. of Fortnite, I was pretty toxic. Uh, Were you? Were you? I, I, okay. I don't know. It's because, like, my sons have started playing games and they listen to me play. So, like, yeah, I'm a lot less toxic than I used to be. Because, you know, right. late at nights, I can get a little crazy sometimes when everybody's asleep. Got the, got the doors of the office closed. I can, I can throw out some... Some pretty I, good I, sarcasm. You know? I, I used to be bad, too. Back back when I was trying to go competitive in Call of Duty, uh, yeah. you know, back in Black Ops 2, Modern Warfare 3 and stuff, like, yeah, I, I used to be pretty pretty wild. I'm not going to lie. I think it's just competitive learn, nature. You know, it's just a it competitive is. nature. And, you know, talk about competitive nature. Things are gone. We're, dude, we've heard this before. We're hearing it again from Riot. And no, it's not like they every news outlet decided to republish the article from a month ago. This is... Again, another readdressing the fact that the ranking system is not great. Okay? Like, yeah. at the end of the day, let's just all agree the ranking system is eh. That's all right. Okay? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's, I like, literally, I have the biggest problem with the fact that I won three or four. Actually, I think it was four gold one games in a row. Okay? And I didn't go up. Four gold. I didn't go up. Well, I lost you know one. And I went to Silver 3. So, so obviously, we're, you know, we're, we're reading a lot of this off of uh, the Spike.gg. There's actually a comment uh, by Ice Misha, and he says he's plat one, and uh, he can't rank up for three weeks straight. I, I don't know. So, he's, I mean, he's finishing off games. He's winning consistently, and he can't rank up. And I think everybody's running into this issue. And the biggest thing, I wouldn't even say is not ranking up per se, but it's it's why am I not ranking up? What What is going on? You know, why is it? that I can win four straight games and not rank up, right, from gold one to gold two, as, as in your situation. And the thing is, is we're, we don't have data. The only data that we have is, is arrows <laughs> that say, you know, slightly Well, dude, here's, my, know, here's my problem. Here's decreased. my problem with it. Okay, so I, I, I know we've had this conversation kind of lightly before about, mm. like, um, your, your position on the team versus my position on the team and what I bring and what you bring, right? Like, so... So, for instance, what should typically happen, I would imagine, is that, like, entry level and fraggers will get a lot more kills, typically, that have damage output abilities, which is a whole nother discussion this week, side note, about how abilities in Valorant weren't damaging, you know, did damage or not, could kill an enemy or not. Long story short, look, if you have an argument with that, that was said a long time ago, they've flushed the game out, just forget about that, okay? But, to move on... Some 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 agents have abil have abilities that actually do damage and can kill people, or kill other agents, right? And some just have defensive abilities or a mixture, right? Like Sentinels, for instance. So, anyways, my my point is is that as a entry fragger, more than likely you will a lot more times have more kills than somebody that is not an entry fragger, right? Somebody like Cipher, for instance. Um, and that's just because of of, of how it works out. Now. You will see all levels of this, especially at lower levels of play. Like, that won't be very consistent all the time. But the thing is, is like, I'm okay with that. But what I have a big problem with is when it's like, I know it's, it's a late game situation. Or we need to win a couple rounds. And say, for instance, as Brimstone, I drop, I drop my smokes. And instead of playing defensive like I normally would of that character, uh, or passive-aggressive, I play really aggressive to try to help frag in and lead you or somebody that's a really good other player in, right, to, to take the kills, and I die. I'm cool with that. We win the round, we win the game. But yet, I don't get the experience of working as a team because all of a sudden right. now, I just have an even KD, right? Yep. Like, I'm just trading my one-for-ones. And yep. to me, as a player that's, like, really focused on, like, my communication and, like, laying this... That's why I love playing Brimstone. I feel like I can really help direct the team, in-game calls, like, things like that that we do. 
Um, and not that I'm always good or great at it, but like at least somebody's doing it. And that's really what I just feel like that's so detrimental to my play because there's so many times I win games and I win them not at the bottom of the frag, but not leading either. Right. And so, sure. and I just get like one tick up and I'm like, really? Are you kidding? Yeah. Well, that's where, you know, they do track how many times, you know, in, in your after game report, they'll track like how many times you used your abilities, you know, per round, right? And yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. it'd be like 1.2, 1.5, you know, it could be 0.8. Like they should have that way heavy because clearly if you're using your abilities, like obviously it shouldn't be everything because then you could just, you know, theoretically spam yeah, your yeah, abilities. Spam them. Yeah. Right. But it's like, you're, you're 100% correct. You know, your jet op players, which nothing against them, even though, you know, Ninja and, and Scream says they're OP, uh, maybe needs a rework. But, you know, those type of players who are dropping high numbers, right? Wardell too good, bro. Wardell too well, good. But, but, you know, Wardell too good, right? Tens, you know, you take your yeah, pick. Tens you know, too good, from sorry. Gen G. It's, it's, it's like, you know, these players who can frag out because they have the agents and the abilities to be able to frag out because they're complemented well with certain weapons. Yep. Why should they rank up more? Than the players such as yourself who have to use your abilities and play more, aka Cipher as well, right? Cipher yep. is is he dies, he doesn't get the intel. He's yep. his his value isn't slaying out. His value is intel and staying alive. Well, and actually, so, even into that, in that perspective, like think about it, he puts down a wire and dies. It's still intel. It's like, still he, intel. He used but it's it not though, count, right? But it's not going to count for, for yeah. You know, I know his it's dumb. Up. So these this is this is a huge challenge. Valorant is is understanding, right? Let's not forget just a couple months ago, not even a couple months ago, their lead ranked developer ended up leaving the company. Yep. So they have had to totally redevelop a month ago, the I think actually, like system. a month. Yeah. But I will say this. Yeah, it, ha it hasn't even been a month. So the, the thing is, is you know, I'm happy with what we have to a certain degree because some competitive games, some games that are released don't even have ranked mode this early into the full release so we have something that we can at least compete for but without question we need more information and more of a reason as to why we are not ranking up and i think getting that information then we can pinpoint and say okay this is where i need to improve but the problem is as of right now we don't know where we need to improve right yeah we just don't know and and you know what another thing too if you go uh, you know, let's say, you know, Plaw's situation 14 and two on, on first half. Let's say you finish off 20, 20 and, and, and let's say 10, 20 and 10. If you have a phenomenal game, use your abilities, but you lose 12 to 13, you should, or in competitive, let me just say 11, 13, keep it simple because 12, 13, you go in yeah, yeah. time. So let's say you lose 11, 13 because you lost that game. One of two things are going to happen. You're either not going to lose any rank. Most likely, if you went 20 and 10, you won't. Or you'll you'll slightly decrease or go even further down. I think you should still rank up, honestly. Because if 100%. you're playing solo and you, and you lose 11-13, but you still have a standout game, but you have that troll on your team that's not playing well, you should still rank up despite the loss. I'm yeah. a firm believer in that. Because I, I'm tired I of getting agree. punished for losing. There was one competitive game that I played not too long ago where I had one guy intentionally throwing. He went and he was grabbing the spike. He was running away. He was not trying to plant. He was shooting at our teammates. I still dropped a 30 bomb. I still went 30 and 18. Yep. Or whatever it was. I Some ridiculous. I, I, did, I tweeted out. I, I didn't go back and look. But I dropped a 30 bomb. And my rank stayed the same. Because so we lost aggravating. The game. And, and I was, and we lost, and actually, you know what, believe it or not, we lost 11 13 because we started making a comeback. So, and that was with me just trying my hardest. Yeah. And yeah. because that guy decided to throw, because if he wouldn't have thrown, we would have won. But because he decided to throw, I, I, I didn't lose any rank, but I didn't gain any rank. And that's yeah. unfair. Yeah. For me, it, that's it, unfair. It is. And obviously, Riot notices it. Game director Joe Ziegler coming out again and what kind of sparked all of this. Was he said, hey, everyone, on the design side, we are currently analyzing the ranking system from top to bottom. We're looking into changes that will improve many aspects of competitive, but have not committed to any solution yet. Thanks to everyone for their feedback. So they are open to suggestions. They're looking at everything from the community. I'm excited that, that they're looking at it again because we all immediately noticed uh, it wasn't just the guy that left that obviously had the problem. It still is not a good system. Uh, and layout of what they have. And again, as I said, man, I just really treat this first act or episode. I treat I treat this first episode as 
uh, as as their alpha, right? As their practice. Um, you know, we didn't expect to really get the game till summer, right? We got it in like April, um, you know, with the beta, and then it came out basically immediately following right after, and here we are. So for me, I just I think that we're still in that space. I give them a little bit of grace for for all the changes that are going on, but I do think you're gonna have to get to a time here. Maybe at least after year one where it's like, we can't play around with a crappy system anymore. You got to start nailing it down. So hopefully we don't have to wait any longer. Hopefully this is it and we'll, and we'll see what happens. 100%. 100%. Uh, and you know what? In addition Detroit. though, however, yeah. to that, we also had a, I would say, a drama-filled weekend uh, or a week full of, uh, full of uh, news coming out from different teams. Roster mania, if you, if you want to say. But starting off with a hundred T drama, and dude, all the drama that's coming from that is insane. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't. I mean, Hiko came here, right? We thought a hundred T was going to be great. We talked a little bit about, I think, last week of what was going on with uh, Nade Shot and mm -hmm. how he was dealing with the fact that everybody's coming blasting him about the crap, basically performances of all their teams. Sure. And then here we are now. Immediately, a hundred, a hundred T drama starts after all that. Like, well, what can we draw, Taylor? What do you, what do you think's really going on here? Ooh, well, first and foremost, Nate shot. You know, previous I, I talked about this on Reflections on Esports, my other podcast. You know, Nate shot. He he's a you know an X Games champion. You know, he won. You know, the Modern Warfare three, the first ever COD XP. Granted, they don't count that as COD champs, but. You know, Nate Shot's been a competitor for a long time, so he's not going to sugarcoat it, especially with his organization that he owns, right? That he's in charge of. If the teammates, if the teams aren't performing well, he's not going to continue dumping money into them. And without question, 100 Thieves have been struggling, right? They were a much typed up team, especially with the addition of I don't Hiko, even know struggling so was the word, bro. They were well, just let, a disappointment, let's, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So 100 Thieves' record. In all Valorant competition is four wins and 11 losses. Oof. Okay. Four wins and 11 losses. Now, to put it into perspective, for, uh, you know, any other team that maybe that right there, that performance is being bested by teams that are unsigned. Most yeah. importantly, like Together We Are Terrific, who are now, you know, uh, Envy now. Uh, you know, they were getting outclassed by Echo 7, which I believe they were disbanded. Uh, so the point is. If you are dumping thousands upon thousands, I'm talking like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into this roster, because especially Hiko is commanding a, a tidy sum, a tidy salary, because we'll talk about what what it's rumored that, of course, Nitro is getting picked up. But four wins and 11 losses, they, they were, you know, essentially the laughingstock in tournaments. And that is not what Nate Shot wanted. So naturally, what does he do? He makes a change. Hiko stays. He's still the, uh, I don't know necessarily the IGL, but he's going to be for sure the team captain still. And they dropped the other four players. He, that is hey, a pride. You think Valiant. he had any say in this? You think Hiko was on the shoulder of Nade Shot talking at all during all this well, in the ear? I, I think without question, it got out that, you know, Hiko was unhappy. You know, everybody knew it. Well, yeah. Seriously, everybody he, he knew came it out and said he had, he had no say no in the say. roster. Um, no you stuck a bunch of PUBG players on his team, by Which the way, that's dead not, game. Let's not hate on Sorry. that. Dead game. You know, Sorry. let's not hate on the PUBG, though. You know, PUBG, whatever. We, we've I'm seen just, people look, look, I will, honest, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be really honest. I am so sick, though, of players from other pro games that start to fail. Like, the game is no longer popular. All of a sudden think they have the right to be pro in another game that is coming out just because they're part of a dying esport game like right. if you even want to call PUBG an esport game and mm -hmm. that's an argument with Fortnite to another day but I'm just saying like as a whole I don't know if it was I, I think I think what happened here if we could have really pulled back the curtain is that 100T was trying to figure out what to do with these four guys right and they're probably great guys and they probably really stuck by 100T and they're friends they're part of the family and they're saying, hey, where can we put them? Hey, look, they're really good on PC. Let's stick them on Valorant and see what happens. Kiko, yep. please go with us. We're trying to make a decision here. We know you don't have any say, right? I'm sure that was probably some, some part of what happened. Uh, and they gave them, they gave them, they definitely gave them the benefit of a doubt. However, yep. like for me, I wonder, did they really try? Did they really well, give it their all? You know, Pride, Valiate, Venerated, uh, your boy Dre. I mean, without question, I think they're talented. I really do. 
but there was a lot of pressure joining 100 Thieves, and clearly with the media and how they portrayed, obviously with Hiko not having to say, there could have been animosity there. The roster just didn't work. It just absolutely didn't. And and you know what? All's well that ends well. Dropping those players was honestly the best decision. Keeping Hiko made sense. You're not going to drop Hiko. Just that that doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, I don't care how bad 100 Thieves' performance is. But yeah, you where there is a golden content ticket, creator, if nothing else. A hundred percent, you know. But this is the thing. Then Nitro comes into the picture. Now, Nitro. This happened very quickly. I, I just want to say, by the way, if you oh, guys don't, yeah, know, yeah. if you guys don't know Nitro, Nitro was the star on Team Liquid CS:GO roster, and this is since 2015. This guy yeah. has won so many titles in his career. And okay? him and Hiko actually played together previously. They played together as well, correct. So, and I believe that was like 2016 or so. So the point yeah. is, there is chemistry there. But Nitro, I, I just want to say this. Now, this is where Nitro breaks the mold from a lot of different pros out there who have transferred over, whether it be from Overwatch, uh, albeit Sinatra was at the top of his game. He transferred over after being MVP. But with that being said, you've had a lot of second-tier, third-tier pros from the CSGO scene who've transferred over who or retired pros, a.k.a. Hiko, and then a couple of others who you know maybe couldn't have made it in CSGO or at least were done with the CSGO scene who transferred over to... to to Valorant, kind of going back to your point, right? When it comes to like PUBG, the scene's dying, they move over, or maybe they didn't have a chance. Yeah. But Nitro didn't have to move off the Team Liquid roster. Nitro did not need to leave CSGO. He was still very much value or you know, looked at as a valuable player. Yeah. He was still at the top of his game, winning, you know, several tournaments in 2019. So for he's him, he's a veteran, to man. Change, he's he's he he knows what huge he's doing. Veteran. Captain yeah. America. So for him to switch over. To Valorant speaks volumes about the potential of Valorant. Nitro sees that. And for him to go to 100 Thieves and join alongside Hiko, as you mentioned, right? Having that team chemistry, this is massive. And Nitro is going to be a huge addition to this roster. Currently, Nitro, Hiko, the only two. But you better believe now, Nate Shot is going to say, you know what, Hiko, Nitro? You guys build your team. We tried to do it for you. It didn't work. So now the ball's in your court. Let's see what you can do. All right, so first off, two things out of this. Number one, will they build a team that is a force to be reckoned with now? Nitro and Hiko, do you think, Taylor, all of a sudden 100T is going to be up there with TSM, with G2, with Liquid as this yep. past weekend? Um, you know, uh, do you think they have, they're going to they're gonna be able to put this together and be up there? I, you know what? I, 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 I genuinely think they can. Um, without question, they're going to have that hype, much like 100 Thieves had the hype when they picked up Hiko, right? That's yeah. going to be there once again. But, but uh... there's a lot of pros now who are already gone. Okay, let's face that. There's a lot of pros who are already established, TSM, Sentinels, T1, Gen.G, yeah. right? Um... So it who, who knows? Now, with Nitro and Hiko, and first and foremost, let's talk about Nitro. I mean, T1 getting... has some rocky situation going on, too. That, think, but... and, and that is true. But this is the thing. Now, does Nitro joining alongside Hiko and 100 Thieves opening up three more spots, does that allow for anybody to transfer over? I don't think so because it's still too early because now you have people who are already locked into contracts. But I am very curious to see how Roster Mania will develop. But yeah, I think Nitro and Hiko are going to be able to build a phenomenal roster. But I, I just want to say, by the way, it's rumored that Nitro is getting paid, um, you know, two three hundred thousand dollars to be on this roster. I don't doubt it. So I don't, I don't doubt it at all. I mean, good for him. Maybe it's good for maybe him. they're saving rent on that Cash App house that they have right now. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody's there during COVID. They're saving on the AC, able to pay him more money. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, obviously, he's probably worth quite a bit of money. You know, the oh, value is worth. is up to the value is what you determine, fair. obviously, but. Yeah. I think it's going to be really awesome. You get two stars on this team. I mean, yep. this literally could be a team that is a force to be reckoned with for years. When you start putting and stacking stars on teams, no matter what sport it is, it can get pretty dangerous, right? If they start to click, and that's all the thing. Like, will Nitro and Hiko click again? Will this be 2016 where those they could literally, you know, if it, if it wasn't one, it was the other at the all-star seat, right? So... I just I'm I'm curious to see what they can put together. I'm excited for it as a hundred T, you know, watcher fan, whatever you want to call it. I really like the brand. I think it's really cool what they're doing. A lot of cool stuff that Nade Shot's put together. I love that Nade Shot said he wants to compete. He wants to be at the top so bad. He's sitting out of Call of Duty, bro. Let, yeah. Let's be honest. 
he entered this whole thing in the MOBA genre, right? And having a MOBA team in League of Legends that has done fairly well um, throughout his history, right? Um, making the LCS playoffs, I think, in the first year and, and doing really good the past couple of years. Well, doing okay, right? But, doing, but growing mm. and, and continually having, ha- ha- having success in League of Legends. And like the, at its core, though, he's a shooter fan. He's an FPS fan. That's what he is. Right? And yeah, so absolutely. he's sitting out of Call of Duty this year, and he's not involved in the competitiveness. He's not involved in the competitiveness of CSGO, really, right? So yeah. he, here you go. This is the hot commodity, the game. He's getting asked on stream, what's going on? Why can't you compete? And he immediately makes this change, and that excites me because that shows me he is so passionate about winning yeah. that he yeah. will cut the four guys he was trying to save and start making the moves to make them even better. But what was awesome about this release was also the video that came from 100T. And if mm. you follow esports at all, you know how Team Liquid itself has been, you know, the Marvel stars. You know, they've oh, all yeah, this yeah. partnership they've done with Marvel over the past year. And then here comes Captain America moving teams. And what do they do? They spray paint black with the <laughs> 100T awesome. yeah. logo over mm-hmm. the, the uh, Captain America shield. Yeah. And I think I'm speaking to what I love about this game, which is the rivalries that are already starting to be created and take place. Yeah. We've had, you know, Sentinels TSM this past weekend. We had G2 again, obviously come up big, but go against Liquid, which is one of the favorites, you know? And, and so it's really interesting to start to see these teams come together that have the, these. Do you think things like this, these player moves can, you know, creating kind of this buzz, Creating these rivalries is a good thing for this game? I, I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, any type of hype. I mean, the thing is, the scene is so new. The competitive scene continues to develop. That's what we're seeing. You know, Luminosity, as we'll talk about later, picking up, you know, uh, their their team. You got Cloud9, obviously, rounding out their roster with with Vice. So the point is, yeah, these roster moves are massive, and they, they're, they're going to happen. They're needed, right? And this yeah. is going to be the way of the road, at least for the next year. Whoever picks up, though, or whoever, you know, does play alongside Hiko and Nitro, I mean, it's just the buzz is going to be there. It's instantly going to boost their their uh, their rating as well as I, I would say their 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 place in the scene. With all the stars that are around in NA, do you think like obviously G2, right? And Fanatic have been huge sure. yeah, European right. UK UK fans and, and stars pajamas, are, you know, full right. of them. Yeah, Ninjas in Pajamas. Um and we, you know, Odyssey this past weekend, the, I think it really highlighted really well the UK, a lot of the UK plays, players and, and the scene. But do you think that even uh, with all the action stuff that's going over there, when you have big names like this happening in NA and the excitement around the NA Valorant scene, do you think it's the same over there with, with, with those two teams? Or do you really think like NA is really taking a stance here immediately at the beginning of the Valorant competitive you know, environment, world, history to come. So I think the benefit NA has is the fact that you have organizations that are more willing to invest in teams as well as, you know, it's it's mm. no secret that EU has been struggling to get organizations based in EU to invest in teams for whatever reason that might be. So right. NA is taking advantage of it. I mean, the thing about NA and where they excel is you have organizations such as Cloud9, Luminosity, uh, yeah. you know, even even bigger than that, right? 100 Thieves, uh, Sentinels, uh, T1 getting involved. These organizations have a huge fan base already, and they're already established, you know, wh- whether it be content creators, pro teams, or whatever. But with that uh, establishment and with them being in North America, more eyes are going to be on the North American scene. I don't know which scene is better. I really don't. It's still up to debate. And until we get a solid in-game event, uh, which I, or in-person event, a land event, which I don't think is going to happen for some time, it's still going to be up to debate. But without question, there, I think, it, actually, I know there's more buzz around these North American rosters and these changes that are taking place than any other region around the world without question. So North America right now is absolutely leading. I think both in the competitive aspect of things, but also in the hype aspect of things without question. I mean, uh, talk about the hype aspect of things. Finally, cloud nine signs vice, right? Talk about the hype behind this man. I mean, will we ever know what took so long to sign this guy? Man, I don't know. You know, it took them forever too to to uh, you know kind of get this roster in general. You know, for the long time, longest time they had tens. Uh, you know, they had Mitch, they had relics. 
Uh, but they didn't have Vice. They didn't have Shinobi, which was interesting, too, because speaking of Shinobi, by the way, obviously now officially on, Shinobi was the IGL for this roster back during the uh, the Pulse Invitational, and yep. he wasn't signed to the roster. So you had an IGL for a team that wasn't officially signed for Cloud9. And more importantly, too, he was acting as the coach doing all the VOD review. So it was super interesting that Shinobi, and first and foremost for Shinobi to you know have a much less record and a much less publicity than that of Tens to still be the IGL is 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 pretty moving. But great guy, love talking to him. Had a chance to interview him. But as you said, Vice coming in, rounding out. You know, Vice is a previous CS:GO player. He's been there. He's done that. He used to play in Rogue back in the day. Um, but more importantly, though, being on Cloud Nine, I think this is going to be his big break. And the fact that he's finally established on this roster is pretty awesome. I've been watching the C9 boys compete time and time again. They've been playing incredibly well, and it's a roster that is always, uh, you know, kind of a talking point in any tournament that you go into. And every team should be taking this roster seriously, and they do. Without question, Tens is the biggest star for this roster, but Vice is going to be able to join alongside them, and they're all going to be able to grow their brand, but also really compete. They hey. are a serious roster. Cypher is very powerful in the game right now, and Vice on Cypher is even oh, more powerful. Okay, it is, it is absolutely unbelievable. Some of the locations for cages and cameras. I've seen this man place. Uh, I, that's the only reason I, I mean, one of the main reasons I watch every time I see him on, right? Is like, I just want to see where, what he's doing. I hate whenever they take the, the viewer camera off, right? They just take it off of him. Like, no, I wanted to see where he was going to put that cage, right? But, uh, he is absolutely incredible. I can't believe that it took him this long to sign him. I'm glad. However, one of the other and, and, and last big, you know, news thing to come out this past week is Luminosity stepping in to Valorant by signing the, uh, the sign-up mix-up roster, right? Um, I, I just think this is really interesting. I, I, I mentioned this before the show to you. When is the last time we heard big news about Luminosity? And, and as I thought through that, especially here at the beginning of the show, I think the last time they had major success was in Call of Duty. And been there, that, yeah. that was last year. They won the Fort Worth... Um, uh, whatever it was, Invitational, right, or whatever, mm -hmm. the Fort Worth tournament um, sure. here in Texas uh, last February. I think it's the last time they had big news come out from that organization as far as big wins. Um, right. I don't follow them super close. I just thought it was really interesting that they're all of a sudden stepping into this. They were around Fortnite a little bit. They've been around, you know, PUBG, obviously with Ninja right back in the day. But I feel like after Ninja, it's kind of fallen off, and here they are kind of stepping into to Valorant. I mean, do you, is this going to be big for them? What do you expect from this roster with Luminosity? You know, this roster is all former CSGO players. So, you know, they do have the roster. And I think naturally you have to think when you have players who transfer over from CSGO, they're going to have a leg up on the competition. I do strongly feel that obviously that's going to even out over time. But without question, a transition is easier uh, you know, from CSGO over towards Valorant as opposed to PUBG, for example, right? With the 100T roster, as we just discussed, maybe even from Fortnite, we talked to Spades and his transition now uh, with BBG, um, you know, and the list goes on, maybe Overwatch. But I think they're going to have a leg up there. Uh, without question, you do have some big names on this roster. I do believe the biggest uh, name would be from Stellar. I think he's the most decorated out of all of them with, you know, achievements, you know, ranging from Fragdelphia that even going from 2019 uh, into, you know, maybe E-Fire Master League Season 1. But he does have the accomplishments there. Uh, but without question, though, uh, this roster, I think, is going to be solid. But again, it, it's just a matter, are they going to be able to compete against the biggest teams in the world? I don't I know. Mean, but to me, to me, like, you know, this roster probably not costing them a ton of money. Like, Sure. I would guess you, you would it's, think not. it's as far as on the scale, right, of rosters that we've seen, especially after talking what we talked about just a second ago, right, with 100T. I mean, so I have to ask myself, I, I'm curious that when you enter into a scene like this and you don't come with that big name star player like a lot of these teams have, Sentinels, TSM, Wardell, right, with, you know, then you have, you know, you, 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 the list goes on and on with, the big names on the big teams that have come out in Valorant. And you have this team. What what is the attraction here? And 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 really can you compete against all these other teams this late in the game, already starting just now? Well, I mean, you know, 
it's it's not necessarily random. I mean, you know, this roster has competed together in uh, yeah. several tournaments, right? You know, the the Face Clan qualifier, they competed in you know Face Clan Valorant Invitational, Pax Arena Valorant. You know, T one their highest placement was seventh and eighth in the Cash App Gamers for Equality Valorant, which that was more of a charity tournament. It wasn't really taken as seriously, so you can't really use that. But I mean they're kind of a middle of the road team. I think the biggest thing, as you said, though, is, you know, how much are they charging? I don't think that much. So you got to think about it. You're getting a team that does have Valorant experience. They have competitive experience in CSGO. They they do have a following behind them. For example, you know, Proto, Physics, Stellar, Hop, and Thief, that's going to be your five-stack roster. No, no coach has been listed as of yet. But, you know, you're getting a roster no one's picked them up yet. They've already, you know, have that team chemistry. They've competed in Valorant CSGO. So I, I think it's a win for Luminosity Gaming. At least it gets their name out there. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, teams want to at least establish a roster and say, okay, we can compete in this tournament. We're competing in this tournament. Therefore, we're getting eyes on us. So yeah. I, I don't think they're, you know, looking. To, the biggest thing that I hope Luminosity is doing with this roster is they're not picking them up, expecting them to be the next Sentinels, the next TSM, you know, the, the the top of the food chain, then, you know, the next G2. I hope that they're picking them up with the understanding that it's going to take some time for this roster to finally start consistently doing, you know, be doing well at tournaments. But I'll be honest with you, I don't see this roster being, you know, the next top five team in the world. I really don't. But I mean, but they're there and I think they're going to well, you know, have a respectable uh, What I'm interested placement. to see is like if they start finishing middle of the road, do they make a change and go pick up somebody like Jason R that came from FaZe, right? Like there's a lot of other big name players still sitting out there that are looking for teams to be a part of. Um, yep. And when you start, when you name to an organization as tight as your boys you might be with, when you, when you sign with an organization, your team, uh, you guys are taking the next step to really step up and compete. You never know what Luminosity does in the middle of the year. If they are having success but can't get over that hump, they might make a change. Uh, and that'll be interesting to see what happens. They might make a change. You know, but that's the thing. You know, we're going we're gonna to consistently see changes. And, and without question, let's say they do start doing well. We might still see a change there because who knows? We might see, you know, like I said, uh, Stellar. We might see Hoppin move over to, who knows, 100 Thieves picks them up, right? So that that's the thing. We don't know. They could do really bad and make a roster change. They could do really good and then all of a sudden have a roster change because another organization wants to pick up a talented player. It's right. just the way esports work. It's the way sports work. It's just It's just how it is. It's the way of the road. Well, speaking of the Ray of the Road, uh, this past weekend they had the Ignition Series. And just to talk about real quick about those results, uh, as I mentioned, G2 coming out on top. But, dude, Liquid was looking so good through this tournament. Uh, they beat Ninjas in Pajamas. Uh, they, they put a little fight up against G2, and I thought maybe they're going to take one away. Ended up uh, not obviously winning that, going against Fun Plus and losing out, basically. Um, and then it was G2, which took it away from, from Fun Plus. Phoenix. Yep. But, man, uh, I, I want to see more Ninjas in Pajamas. That's the one thing I want to see. They did not have a great performance. I think they can. Um, I, they just weren't able to put it together. And then really what I want to see is, is anybody going to contest like Fnatic? Where were you this weekend? Right? Like, is anybody going to contest G2? They just keep running over people in the UK, bro. <laughs> I mean, they're, they, it's like they are ready to come to NA and already compete. Yeah. I mean, well, you, you look at, you look at G2, right? You got Mixwell, you've got artists. Those are going to be your two biggest names on this roster. They've been performing so, so well, uh, Without question, I mean, these guys are pretty much unbeatable. I think their total record is like 23 wins, maybe one loss. And so I, I, they really, they they just don't. It's kind of crazy. They literally don't lose. Like, they, they literally have one it, loss out of all tournaments. And But, you know, but this is the thing. They're not going against slouches. You, you talked about, uh, you oh, know. I get it. Ninja I get it. But, like, they're sitting over there. And I'm telling you, when you go in these chats when G2's playing, it's all just G2 chat. Like, the whole chat well, course, is just. the best. But, like, they are sitting over there. What's so awesome about this, though, Taylor, like, if you're a G2 fan, is they're sitting over in the UK just dominating. Almost like, like they're creating this anthill of just fans and, like, wins and, like, you just all the all this these ring like I just feel like they're over there just collecting like they're winning and they're just right. they're building this this huge monster 
over in G2. And like, I feel like it might get so big. I wonder if anybody from NA can actually challenge it. Well, let me, all right, let me put it to, to you this way. And this is something that, I, that I, I weigh very heavily. Like I said, we have not seen a LAN event. Okay, True. I want to keep everything grounded here. And True. I also want to talk about But what level. if we never see a LAN event? What if this but is if we, the new... Like, then then G2 is going to continue to dominate the EU scene without question. It's going to be able to challenge them, right? Team Liquid with Scream, not going to happen. You look at uh, NIP, Ninja in Pajamas with Lucker, not going to happen. It's just, you know, uh, you got Fun Plus Phoenix who came out of nowhere with, uh, you know, Zapan and, and Shadow and a couple of others. It's, it's not going to happen. I look at Gears of War, okay? I look at Gears of War. And yeah. when LAN events were taking place, you, you had two very distinct scenes. So the way that Pro League works is you have the EU Pro League, and then you have the North American Pro League, and then you have the Latin Pro, Pro League, Latin American Pro League. And the That's reason the why they do that, anyways, for gears. But oh, go ahead. Yeah, Latin. Okay, but this is the thing. They're all split. They're all different. So you can have a team that dominates their region. I'm going to look at EU, for example, and I'm not putting them under a microscope, but I guess I kind of am. It is what it is. I'm just going to be 100 real with you. You have teams Regal Reserve, right? You have you have Elevate. These teams dominate or EU's finest, which, you know, then turned into elevate. They were at one point regarded the best team in the world, at least for the EU side of things. Then all of a sudden you have, you know, Gears of War San Diego. You have Gears of War Mexico. These were the land events that took place before COVID hit. And we had to go to spring quarter on the major and then the Gears of War season finals, which was online as well. When the land events took place and EU met the LATAM teams and the NA teams, EU was no comparison without question. In fact, the EU teams would literally say, I kid you not, they would say, hey, man, we go to these tournaments because it's a free vacation. They know they're ah. not going to go there and win a championship, okay? They go there, and do they perform well against some teams? They do, but they're not taken as seriously as, you know, the NA and Latam teams are. So I look at G2, and I look at the rosters, you know, uh, G2, you know, Mixwell, right? You've got artists on there. Like I said, David, you know, uh, Patek, you've got Pith. So these guys are very talented, but they're also playing the same EU teams, Teams that are not being invested in, which means you have roster changes that are taking place a lot. So is G2 really good? Without question, absolutely, hands down. Are they the best in the world, though? Will they be able to compete against NA teams? Absolutely they will. But are they the best in the world? Again, I go back to that. I don't know. And you know what? I'm, I can't say it. No one can say it because we have not seen G2 play against TSM. We have not seen G2 play against Sentinels. It's just the way of the world. It's just how it is right now with COVID. We're not going to know until a LAN event takes place. Then we will figure out who the best team is. Mm, I'm telling you, I can't wait till that day. Taylor. I can't wait till we get some Valorant LAN events. <laughs> uh, and some people might be saying right now, they can't wait until remakes come to Valorant. I don't know. Let's talk about that in this week's main topic. Pay attention. I learned something. Think you can keep up? Who am I kidding? You know you can't keep up. All right, Taylor, you might be asking remakes. What the heck are you talking about? Remaking the game already? It just came out. No, 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 no. Okay. So for everybody out there that wants to know, uh, for instance, in League of Legends, there's remakes. It's been in since 2016. And remakes are basically if uh, someone on your team is AFK for 90 seconds within the first 180 seconds of the match, you are given an option to leave the match as a draw with no penalty, okay? The one exception to the rules, obviously, if you're Diamond and you're in pre-made lobby with a group of people and uh, somebody fails to connect, they basically you get treated as a loss. But everybody's kind of wondering, can we get a remake version to Valorant? And you might say, well, what would that be, Troy? Give me an example. I'd say if out of the first three rounds, somebody is AFK two of the first three rounds, the team automatically gets to vote whether they want to continue to play or whether they want to just quit the game and count it as, hey, let's just start over. So uh, you think, well, what if somebody abused that rule? Like, what if, what, you won the first round and then you just purposely lost the next two? You could absolutely do that. Like, if you was just AFK. But then there's also, you could apply a penalty to that person, like a 15, 30-minute penalty, because they're already AFK. Like, if you're actually voting and you're in a ranked match, right? And this would only be for competitive, right? And you're in a ranked match. Like, if they're AFK, they should be penalized anyways, not just lose the game, right? But mm. you should also, like, allow me to get out of the game, especially if I'm a solo, right? So say this might not be go for pre-mades. This might just go for, like, 
you know, people that queue solo or queue in duos like that aren't pre-made lobbies. But that's what it is. It's some way to basically say, hey, we started the game. Somebody's not, their computer failed, didn't load in. They disconnected, whatever it is. Mama told them to finally go to bed and they had to turn off their PC. (laughs) Been there. You know what I mean? Gives you that opportunity to reset the game. Because how many times, Taylor, have we actually been in a game like one or two and we're like, ah, crap, this dude's not playing. Ah, crap, this is not going to go well. Hmm. Like, you know what I mean? A lot of times. But it's only the first three rounds, right? Maybe you could do the first two rounds. You got to be you got to be out the first two rounds for it to even. I don't know. But just an idea. What do you think, man? Remakes should some type of remake come to Valorant? I mean, it, it's tricky because, like you said, I, I think you pointed out very well. It's like you know you can have someone who abuses that system, and uh, that that's a very real thing. Um, but then again, it's it's the only it's the first three rounds. You, typically, if you have somebody who's going to go AFK, they don't go AFK the first three rounds, right? They're going to go AFK later. Yeah, on. Yeah, so this would really really highlight issues, not so much of rage players. It highlights right. Like, hey, computer failed, didn't connect. That's true. That's right? true. Uh, failed to load in. Literally didn't figure out that they queued and what time it was, and they turned off their PlayStation because Mama came and yelled at them like. Lit- or well pc in this case but like literally yeah. that's that's what it would be right that's interesting you know this doesn't sound so much as a remake as it does like just a new implementation of the rule set i mean that's something you can do i i'm still i'm still trying to think and brainstorm as to what would make valorant make you know make, ma- sense, make sense in terms yep. of like not punishing people because like i said there there is but Look, as frustrated as we get about, a, a, you know, going in solo queue and someone trolling and things like that, like, there's really nothing you can do against that. Like, that person is is just, he's a terrible person for doing what he's doing. But, like, there's 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 genuinely nothing we can do. Like No, I definitely agree. I think it's just another step that would I, I kind of help that out. I, I think, you know what? In terms of, you know, the first one to three rounds, if the guy is AFK, you're right. Hey, maybe that indicates something is wrong. You forfeit, act like nothing happened. I shouldn't say forfeit. You just end the game like nothing ever happened. You know what? I think that's fair. It's not a huge time commitment. You're looking at, what, a minute and a half, minute and a half, minute and a half. So It's less than a spike rush. It's less than a spike rush. You're in, you're out, boom, you queue up again, and you go with it. Honestly, not a bad idea. I think this is an implication that could be cool. I do want to have a little bit of fun with this, though. Uh, In terms of does Valorant need remakes, one thing that I would like to see is the option to create mini games in private lobbies that you could play with your friends, maybe even your viewers. So one of the things that I've always had kind of a, a question mark above my head was, you know, Valorant is great for competitive without question, right? It's great if you want to get in, you want to get sweaty, you want to play, but content creation wise, content creator said, can they really do much with the game? And at the current state, no, they can't. But you know what? Maybe if you were able to add mini games into the or create your own mini game i should say because overwatch allows you to do this while you're waiting in the queue you can you know develop your own mini game and play it so right. sometimes you know you have obstacle where you where you kind of you know run through and you gotta uh you know land you can't touch you know a, a certain aspect on the map uh i know my friends uh you know tom he created uh this one where you know you go through with you know a gun it, basically i one in the chamber you shoot the person or it's like headshot only you, you kill the person and and yeah. in order to or you put them to sleep you put them to sleep and oh, then want- you have to you have to teabag them in order to fully kill them. That's I, just, I, I don't know. I didn't make it top, but it, dude, it, it is incredibly fun. But there was this video that came out, Troy, about uh, you start on one side of the map. It was on Haven. You start on one side of the map. On the other side of the map, you have uh, a brimstone. And the brimstone, as you know, in, uh, in in creative, you can set it to unlimited ults. And with his ult, uh, I don't know the exact name for it, excuse me, but uh, essentially, you know, just a beam comes down and yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. and he kills him. And what it is, is, you know, you kind of have to guess where, you know, the, the team is running to before they get to the other side of the map. So you just have his ult coming down nonstop. And meanwhile, those people who are trying to get to the other side of the map. Are just orbital strike to, over and over and over and over and over. Exactly. It's a beautiful thing. So in terms of remakes like that, that's what I want to see, Troy. Yeah. No, I, I mean, uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. I think like deathmatch is, is really fun, by the way. I've really enjoyed it this week. I've gotten more and more into it. Um, I, I really hope, we, I think we mentioned it last week, like we'd like to see some things entice you to play these different game modes. 
I would also love to see fun game modes like that come out. Like golden gun mode. We talked about this before. Like, I want to see a golden gun mode. I think that'd be really fun to play. Limited time um, modes. Yeah. Dude, like, there's so many things creative people can do if you give them the environment, right? We've seen it. Like, look at Fortnite creative, like all the crazy stuff that's come out on that thing. Any yeah. game, Halo back in the day, you give them creative mode, you know, they come out oh, with different so stuff. Fun. You know, okay. Oddball came from that, right? Like, and it was a game that was played just that on tournament. So I, I just think there's definitely the fun. Look, I think Valorant is a fun, fun atmosphere. It's really cool, kind of the 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 art even the art style that they've given it uh the ability style that they've given it the character they've given it with some of these voice lines and the sarcasm so i think the the uh the ability for it to be also a casual fun game is there i really do unlike any other game where i think fortnite's really tough to go competitive right i think uh most games are really tough to either go one way or the other and in this particular instance i think this game can actually do both i think they've built it from a core perspective but I think they can integrate fun things that will actually start bringing in more content creators sure. and draw more eyes to the game. No, 100%. 100%. That, that, that's my take on it. However, uh, and, and, and you know, we'd love to hear your take. If you're out there listening to the show, go ahead. Let us know how you guys feel. And you know, maybe we'll read your, your note in the next Ask the Agent section. Tell us how you feel about it. But also, Taylor, this week, Go ahead and give me that uh, save or spin before we get out of here. Halftime. If you saved, spend it. Don't save a thing. Hey, Taylor, is this another tip about an agent you don't play very much? Matter of fact, I mean, last is. week was Brimstone, just saying. Just hey, look. saying. But, but was it not a good tip, though? Hold on a, a second. Great was tip, it not a actually. good tip, actually? Actually, you know what? Tip. The reason why... Th this one is going to be about Viper. Without question, I don't play Viper. But you know what? That doesn't mean that I don't have knowledge to give you about Viper. Because, hey, I can't just talk about Breach all the time. And you can't just talk about Brim. By the way, what is this Viper? You, you were talking about a Viper clip before we went live. Or before we started Oh, recording. dude. Yeah, there's this Viper clip on Reddit somewhere. Uh, I would have to go find it again. It is on Reddit if you guys want to check it out. I think it was the main main uh main valorant play valorant uh reddit anyways the competitor on or just yeah on split okay. yep. on split on a uh this viper dropped their ult but like he dropped it they, they dropped it right underneath window okay and right where that flower box is that everybody like yep. sits you know falls down on and then goes underneath heaven right um so anyways drops it right there well right on the other side was a killjoy and she dropped her ult and so, like, almost basically at the same time, right? So, by nature, like, the Viper knows I got to get out of this Killjoy. So, but they, she waits till, like, the last second to run out of it. Because her ult, like, fills up half of Killjoy's thing. Yeah, so, yeah. she runs to a corner where she can run right out. So, she just runs right out. And as soon as it goes down, she runs back in. So, her cage doesn't go down. You know, they extended the time for Viper they to be able to time, leave yeah. her ultimate anyways. Right. So, it's really benefited. So she leaves, she comes back, and she gets the ace, and it was just incredible plays, like one after the other, uh, kind of like that. So really smart plays, but yeah, it was great. But Viper, this is a tip about Viper, but you also have a little bit of Brim. I think you just love, you love me so much, Taylor. You just always try to integrate Brim into our, you know, our saver spins or something going on here. So it's <laughs> really the love for me. You got, I, I totally sure? understand. So why don't you sure. share your tip about Viper uh, here today, you know, that once again, talks all about brimstone. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, totally not intentional. But you know what? I'll, I'll let you have a victory today. Viper Snakebite does four more damage per second than Brim's Molly. But it lasts eight seconds instead of 8.3 like Brim's. Brimstone. But Brim's can brimstone. bounce, which can further delay the Brim Molly. Yep. We get it, Troy. Brimstone, Brimstone. You're so <laughs> good at Brimstone, man. Let me save my save or spin, bro. Sometimes, sorry, sorry. Those, sorry, sorry about I, I that. lost it. I lost yeah, it back, for a second. Back to the show? We'll, we'll, get, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. So anyways, what I'm trying to say, though, right, is you do get more damage out of the Viper's snake bite. 
than you do with Brim's Molly. And this could be hugely beneficial when taking somebody out uh, more effectively. Think, uh, you know, maybe they already have it, the spike halfway diffused. You now need to get uh, that enemy taken down a little bit quicker, right? Viper Snakebite would do something like that. But then again, when it does come to Brim, there is that bounce, right? So that can further delay the Brim Molly. So you, you, you kind of pick and choose which one's better. But the point is, Viper Snakebite, does four more damage per second than the Brim's Molly. Not to mention, too, Viper Snakebite can fit perfectly in any of the smokes in the game, including Viper's Poison Cloud. So you stack them. You put out Viper's Poison Cloud. You put out Brimstone's Cloud. You point any uh, of those out. You uh, can yeah, put yeah. Viper Snakebite in the Brimstone. middle. And as soon as they try to walk through, try to be sneaky, not going to happen. They're going to start taking damage. They're going to have to back out or fully sprint out, which would be the best case scenario because then you just gun them down as soon as they get out of the smoke. Yeah. In fact, man, I know we've seen less Viper play lately, but I have oh, seen a couple more. good Viper players coming up. I, th I, I think she's on the come up. I think people are starting to discover the, the level of damage she does. I just think she's actually hard to master, Taylor. I think um, she's really hard to master. I think her skill level uh, that you need to be able to use her is pretty high um, in order well, for her to play her toxins. effectively. Yeah. You know, it's because her toxins are Balancing those toxins. Well, balancing, but more importantly, like, you know, you have to constantly keep your eye on the toxins and time it properly, right? Because you have everything you use essentially uses toxins, right? Whether it be yep. her wall, whether it be, you know, her, uh, you know, Viper's Poison Cloud, her, you know, Snake Bite, things like that. Like, you have to constantly manage effectively, you know, what yeah, you're doing. Plus, not to mention her alt is incredibly selfish. And, uh, you know, your teammates, they're going to they're gonna decay as soon as you're in it. Just like, you know, you're... you're uh, your opponent. So the point is, she's a very selfish player when yep. she uses her ult, but she could be hugely valuable. We have been seeing her more lately in tournaments. Still a novelty, but she has been there. I think Viper's Day is going to come. I really do. But it, yep. it's it's not going to come anytime soon, to be honest with you. She still needs some more workarounds. But either way, I hope you uh, enjoyed that safer spin, and I hope you learned a little bit more about Viper. Uh, but of course, hey, look. All good things have to come to an end. So let's go ahead and finish it off with our match point. Match point. Let's close up shop. We know more than we did before. Let's use that. Uh, it's definitely hard to manage her poison, but it's also hard to manage myself each week. You know, Taylor, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> go through these things. I gotta manage myself. I gotta figure out how I can keep getting better. Yeah, and that's what we do here guys. in Final Thought. And I'm gonna start with mine today. Entering the site at the same time as my teammates on retakes, especially when pushing from separate or opposite angles. So, like, for me, Taylor, this is a big thing. Really looking at that mini-map, pinpointing when, like, my players that maybe aren't even talking, aren't even communicating very well, to at least do my part and enter the site and create the contesting uh, opponents with them, uh, right, um, as they do. And that's just something I'm, I'm going to continue to practice on watch it's something i'm trying to make sure like we talk through as well when we play like hey guys enter the site together uh although you just sometimes go in there and kill everybody and don't wait for everybody because you're greedy for all the kills you know so i think what you're saying is like if you go in by yourself as opposed to going with your teammates you may pick up one player and bring it down to a 4v4 yeah but you're not getting the most value out of your life but yep. entering with your teammate you pick up one player, you get taken out, then you get the trade. All of a sudden, you're taking out two players for your one life. Oh, so you're playing the numbers game. Is that what you're? Well, is that what you're kind of getting at? Well said. And typically, I'm the one dying, and you're the one doing all the killing. But, but either way, we're getting the numbers. Either way, we get the win, Taylor. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. You may die, you may go down, mm. but if you get the trade, you're going feel, to town. I feel like this next this one for you. I'm always saying this to you. Like, I'm continually you, so, telling which, you this one. Funny enough, that's why I brought it up, actually. Because you know what? And I've been, you know, it, it, you know what's bad? When, when you get in random games, even Spike Rush, and you get told, yeah. like, brother, you got to use your E. Like, you got to <laughs> use your E, right? And I'm like, hey, you're right. I, I do have that. That is my signature ability. It recharges every 30 seconds. Why am I not using this more? Yeah. So for me, whenever it comes to Breach, as you guys know, love me some Breach. And thank goodness we are seeing more use out of Breach as of recently in tournaments. Hey, I knew his time would come. And I'm right up there. I'm ready to be joined uh, or join the roster of 100 Thieves. Pick me up because I'm a Breach main and I'm valuable. Yeah. Either way, 
I gotta worry. Breach is having not... his day too soon, right? Breach is gonna oh, have his days too soon. Hundred percent. He's gonna be there. We're already seeing him more and more and more. Either <laughs> you stupid. Either way, I'm gonna learn how to use my abilities with Breach more. And more importantly, I need to use his passive, which is fault line. His it's E. Essentially, you know, you charge it up, it goes through and then essentially stuns as well as uh kind of knocks back the players, if you will. So for me, that's what I need to work on because that passive for some I use my I use my flashes. I, I use my, you know, my my wall charge, but I don't you and I use obviously my ult, but I don't use my passive as much as I should. That right there is holding me back as a breach player. So if I want to go from silver to gold and then golden up, I need to start using all the abilities that the riot gods gave me. That's true. That's true. And I will be here to continue to remind you. And I will also be here to continue to thank everybody for listening, guys. We do appreciate it. If you want to reach out to us, leave a comment, leave a rating. Make sure you do give us a rating and we will read it on the show and ask the agents. But also, if you want to reach out to us, thevalorantshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Valorant Show. Myself, Too Loud TX. Reflections is Taylor. Make sure you go follow us. We love to talk to you guys. Like, literally, we want to, we want to hear your questions. We want to answer you. Uh, so feel free to reach out to us on social media, email, wherever it is. Taylor. Take us out of here, man. We said it was going to be a short show, and it's like an hour long for them again. You know what? We always plan a short show, and it just never happens. We just get Mm-mm. to talking, and we never know when to stop. But you know what? True. That allows for a good show. Like Troy said, we hope you enjoyed it. Leave that rating, whether it be on iTunes or Podbeam. Leave a comment so we can then feature you and ask the agents in the next podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by once again for episode number 15 of The Valorant Show, and we hope to see you guys again next week for the next one. Grab some water, refill those clips, and let's get back out there.